little whistle there. Did y'all catch those che- that cheer song there? Everybody knows your name. It's cool. Hey, y'all guess that voice yet? Any guesses? I see some fingers pointing, but anybody that don't know? No? All right. Will the real voice stand up and join me on stage? There it is. Miss Caroline Carpenter. She's here. Thanks, Caroline. You did such a good job with that, by the way. Yes, yes. Oh, yep. You can use that one. That is totally fine. Caroline's going to help me this morning. Um, Caroline, before we, you read the scripture today, will you maybe just share a little bit like how you found Love Chapel Hill and you know, maybe what you love about it? I'm just going to check the mics on. Perfect. Hi, everyone. If you haven't met me, I am the disembodied voice. I'm Caroline Carpenter. Um, I've been coming to Love Chapel Hill since 2019, so pre-pandemic. Um, but the, what really drew me to Love Chapel Hill when I first got here and what's continued to make me absolutely adore this place is the absolute commitment people have to radical hospitality and reckless love, which if you've ever been on our website, those are some of our marks. And it's something that goes way beyond our website. It's something that people fully embrace. And as soon as you walk in, you know that you're in a community of people who support and love each other. And whenever you run into somebody from Love Chapel Hill on the street, you know they embrace that in their lives outside of here as well. And that's something that's continued to challenge me and to inspire me as I've grown in my faith journey. So I don't have to preach now. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is the sermon, y'all. Lunch. <laughs> so good. <laughs> there you go, DeMont. Um, Caroline, would you mind, and if you all wouldn't mind standing for honoring of the reading of the word, if you're able and willing, uh, we love to honor the scripture, not just in hearing, but also physically to receive. So Caroline, would you read us our scripture today? Absolutely. So today we're in Acts 2, 42 through 47. Um, and in my version, NIV, it has the fellowship of the believers as the mm. title. Um, mm. So 42 through 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Mm, Thank you, my friend. Let's give her a hand, y'all. You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Well, if we haven't met yet, my name is Joel. Uh, I am honored to be the Care and Connections Pastor here at Love Chapel Hill. And yeah, yeah. Thank y'all. Here we go. Uh, I, thank y'all. I'll, I'll pay you guys later. Um, but if I haven't met you yet, I'd love to uh, you know, say hi to you today. So feel free to come chat with me after the service. Love to answer any questions you have or just to get to know you. I want to hear your story uh, today. But uh, before we get into the word, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, transform our hearts today. Work within us, Lord. Let this not be a time where we come on this morning just to accomplish something, to check off a box or just fall into some routine. But Lord, let this be a time and a space where our hearts are transformed, Lord, that we grow to know you more, we grow to be more like you. And Lord, we take what we know and what we have grown to be to those around us. Lord, as 
you said to your disciples in, in John 13 that they will know us by how we love each other. And God, let that be in our souls, in our hearts today, God, and be transformed by you. Let this word be about you and Holy Spirit speak and grow within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, friends. All right, we have been in this really cool series. Uh, I think it's week four, uh, called Welcome to. Welcome to what? Welcome to several things that we've been walking through, right? Uh, discipleship, mission, and community. But this is coming from a space, not just welcome to Love Chapel Hill, but who is Love Chapel Hill? What does Love Chapel Hill do? What is Love Chapel Hill about? And it's about being... Love with the heart of Jesus. That's right, Demont. Absolutely. What do we love with the heart of Jesus with? As the church. And we've been walking through what this word means in church that both Jesus and Paul and others used. In the Greek form, it is uh, pronounced ekklesia. As you see on here on the screen, uh, this term ekklesia, the church used, is very specific. It means gather or assemble. But if you break down the root words, you get something special. Get a direction. You actually get a prescription of the church. We get the called out. We get called in the sense of what we learned a couple weeks ago with Pastor Jesse did such a great job of letting us know that this called, we're called into this place to learn and grow and to be like Jesus, to be transformed by him and to take on who he is by learning and growing. And that could become through uh, various forms of discipleship, this sit, sitting and reading with the word, prayer in groups, prayer together, the space of transformation being transformed to becoming like Jesus, this called to this space. But it is not to be kept alone. It is meant to be taken out, this called out space there where we get into mission. We step into mission and we take what we have learned, what we have grown to be that transforms space throughout the world to the people we connect with every single day. So we know this called out space. But then if you look back at the word, this is the ecclesia, this space, it says called out. But the word itself is not singular. It is not solo, it is plural. So what we have here, ecclesia, as in this called out ones, or called out together. See, this is the DNA of the church as we have been walking through the last few weeks. This DNA of the church, this all connected, all together. It is one thing, one cannot be without the other. It is transformed, this, this place of mission and discipleship flows in and out of each other. We learn and grow, then we take it to others, but we take it, in community. This is not isolated. It's not alone. If you think about it this way, if you try to assemble something, something, you must have more than one of it, right? So to, for us to be assembly, a gathering of people, we must have many. It is plural. It is not singular. If you look at it this way, well, the church, mission, and discipleship, so the DNA, they, they run together. I don't know if that's still up there, but they run together. They are in, they're conclusive with each other, and they must need each other. And this is the church. So today we're going to talk about community. But I, I, I was thinking about this as we were talking about these things together. But um, if the church was a Marvel movie, waiting for this, Caroline, I know, I appreciate you coming up here. If the church was a Marvel movie, it would be the Avengers, right? Oh. Love Avengers. Wait a minute. This will be the Love Avengers. Yes. Yes. I see people pictures taken. We'll let that sit for a second. Look at those people. Who did that? 
Who did that? I don't know. So good. So, you know, actually, I blame, I blame Chris Clark for that. Chris Clark told me a few weeks ago that Hulk was his favorite superhero, and then late night thought that happened. There you go. So good. So good. Yes. If you remember nothing of today, I'm sure that will be it, but it's so good. Yeah, Demont. Called out ones. That's right, Demont. That's it, called out ones. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the ones part, the pluralistic part of our discipleship and community. Absolutely. All right, all right. I don't know. I'm going to reel y'all back in. It's <laughs> so good. But this is important. This community aspect of the church is essential. It's not essential in just kind of like this systematic space, but it is essential to God. God's self is communal. We have Father God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, who was before time, that was at the beginning of time, and who will always be this communal God that is set out through design intentionally as he created, as we saw in Genesis 1. This creation, everything was made plural. Everything was made in community, more than one, this space, except for what? We read in Genesis, we'll, we're going to have a series in Genesis in a couple weeks, so we'll get more into it, something to look forward to. But there was only one thing originally he made alone. That was Adam, that was Adam, that was hum human. And very quickly, as we walk through Genesis 1, where he's saying he created some, God created something and it was good. It was good, it was good. And all of a sudden, one thing was not good. It was not good for man to be alone. And blessed Adam in bringing forth Eve, bringing forth woman to be a partner, to share in community in this perfect space where heaven and earth and the kingdoms are reside together. Community has always been a part of everything. And we also see Jesus as when he comes and he starts his ministry, he starts to teach on this place of not being alone. And it's beautiful space, beautiful, horrific space of the night he was taken, the night he was taken into custody to later be killed. We see this beautiful story in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's feeling the, the weight of that. And he goes to pray and he calls a couple of his closest friends, Peter and John, say, come sit with me, come watch with me. They didn't do a great job. That's, that's the whole story there. But he knew even in that space, God needed someone we even see in Jesus through his life and ministry, there's many times he would go off to pray, to be, again, in communion with the Father, to be in that space. But then he would return. He gathered his 12. He gathered many more with him. He was in, in community. He would teach community to his disciples. We talk about discipleship. When they would go out on mission, he sent them two by two. We see, and we see this picture of the church. And we believe, scholars believe, and I believe too, that the church itself is born on Pentecost, absolutely. But we see it inaugurated here in Jesus' life and ministry, setting up the church to be. Over and over, God brings people together. So community is not a hobby. It's not an option. It is essential to God. It's important. We must have it. We must do it together. I remember uh, 
a time in my life where I grew up in church and it was a space of, uh, you know, I, it was good and some of the, the church community I was in was, you know, that has some challenging spaces and I, and I fell away from uh, favor myself with the church and I was seeing a lot of things that were unhealthy and I needed to step away. And I said to myself, I remember as a young man saying, I can do this myself. I, 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 I'm not putting this on Jesus. I love Jesus. And I, I thought I could do this on my own. And I stepped away and, you know, tried to learn and pray and do all, this, all the great things. But I was missing community. And I've heard this story from many others as well that have walked in the same shoes. I fell away. I started to question things. I had, I had no accountability. I had nobody to bounce off things I was struggling with. I was doing it isolated. And I fell away, and I just saw this importance of community when I came back, when the Lord changed me and brought me back, like, I need this. This is the thing I was missing. Jesus was always there, but he needed to bring people along with me in his community. And just, just sharing the, the need for community. Now, community is one of those kind of funny words, though, in our English dictionary. It can mean different things to different folks. So I'd love to ask you, like, when you hear the word community, go ahead and shout it out. When you hear the word community, what does it mean to you? People, that's good. Together, Together. yes. Relationship. Relationship, that's good to mind. Connection. Connection, absolutely. Those are all the essence of community, but you ever thought of it this way? When you ask somebody, I remember uh, just not long ago we were out and we were welcoming students that we do every year, and we were handing, uh, we'd love to hand out uh, bags at uh, Fall Fest. Um, we just want to love the students. We know that they're walking around with all these things they're given and they get their hands full. And so we're, we're handing bags out. And, you know, our name doesn't say Love Chapel Hill Church. It's just Love Chapel Hill. So many are like, oh, yeah, Love Chapel. I'll take that bag. This is wonderful. Every once in a while, one would ask, like, well, what is this? Like, well, we're a church. We meet at the Varsity Theater on Franklin Street. Oh, and it was, uh, it was amazing. But I almost would hear this if they were somebody that was a follower, they would say, oh, yeah, I need community. I kept hearing this, like, and I'm like, and I started thinking, I was like, what is that word they're speaking of? And, and it's just this, it means so many different things. It can mean like an expanded family for some. I've heard folks say, like, yeah, that's my community. That's my aunts and uncles. That's, that's my community. Or maybe it's their heritage, you know, where they come from, saying, yeah, that's my community. Or maybe it's even a pol political affiliation, right? That's, that's a big topic these days. That's my community. Each one of these things are, have all those things were mentioned. People, connection, yeah? S uh, some sort of a common interest. So we could define probably our modern version of community as a group of people gathering together in the same space in some way or another with a common interest, connecting and growing together in whatever that is. Community. Wonderful. Well, if that's community in other aspects, you know, like uh, we're part, there's a family, fantasy football, Chris started, man, we're, there's a community aspect to it, right? We're doing something together. We're growing together. There's, there's clubs we can join. There's all these different things. What separates those communities from this community in ecclesia, this pluralistic called out ones? What is different? I believe, I believe this. If you're taking notes today, we'd we'll love you to write this down. It says, scripture tells us that community of the church is centered in Jesus and reflects his kingdom to the world. And I believe this where scripture tells us, as Caroline read earlier in this Acts chapter 2, this space of the birth of the church. To kind of catch us up here. So in Acts chapter 2, we see this early picture of the apostles. 
They were sent by Jesus, who when he ascended into heaven to be with the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father, he said, go, go to Jerusalem and wait, and wait for the Holy Spirit. And they listened, and they went to this place, and they're waiting. Um, and then the Holy Spirit comes in this amazing, amazing way. And but as the Holy Spirit is coming, what is happening around them, and they're in the spaces upper room, is this festival called Pentecost. It was traditionally done about 50 days after Passover. Jesus was crucified, died, and resurrected at Passover. So we're in that space very early in that. We see uh, this, this, the land is filled with all these people from many different places on pilgrimage to this location. And the Holy Spirit chooses this moment very intentionally, comes in, they describe as coming as a rushing wind. And tongues of fire came upon the apostles and they start speaking these multiple languages. And people in the street started hearing this and he said, what is going on? I hear, I hear my language. Well, those men are from Galilee. How are they speaking? What, what are they saying? They start telling them of Jesus. Tell them of God and they, they grab their attention in this space. And then what we see is Peter steps up. Peter, the one where Jesus says, I will, the, you are the rock, I'll build my church upon, stands in that space and tells them, hey, you know that man that just not long ago was hung on a cross. He is the Messiah and he is alive today and he's here to change you too. And through the power and transformation of the Holy Spirit, the scripture tells us here in Acts 2 that 3,000 people come to believe this for themselves. They become baptized and the church is born. Wild, right? 3,000 people together, ecclesia, standing in discipleship, mission, and community. This is that word that they're using in this space. So we pick up here where Caroline wonderfully read earlier, this picture, this snapshot of this little bit of a perfect Community church. Let's read it here. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Did y'all catch that last part? Everything in common? Together. That's wild. I mean... If you just read that surface value, Luke is the author here. You read that surface value, that sounds almost miraculous. When's the last time you had that many people from different places had everything in common? So if you back up to verse 9, it actually tells of the languages spoken by the apostles, that the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And get this, I want to read this list. This is the, this is the group of 3,000 plus people of this church. It says it, they're from Parthia, Media, Elam, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, and Rome. 3,000 people together in community, all in common. They come from places with many different cultures. You think of all those places, even though they were all Jewish, either by birth or by conversion. There was some Gentiles there that converted to Judaism. They were there celebrating this Passover, or this, this Pentecost festival. Yes, they had, that, they had that common, but they were still coming from places of different cultures, cultural influences. We, we already know they had different languages. They would have different ideas. 
They have different family units, not unlike anyone in this room. Single family homes, multiple children, no children, single. Different places, different environments, different weather patterns where they come from. They had economic differences. They had various different views on politics. Sound unfamiliar? No. Bringing a little reference or, or perspective, North Carolina is made of 100 counties. If we took 30 people from every county in North Carolina and took them to the North Carolina State Fair, <laughs> could you think they'd all have the same thing in common? Right? Many different views on politics, views on life, ideas. But what if we said they all said, I believe in Jesus? They have everything in common? This, this is that picture. This is, this is amazing. What is this they have in common? Let's look back at the scripture here. It says they were devoted to what? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to discipleship. What were the apostles teaching? What, what did they know? They just followed Jesus around for the last three plus years, learning his teachings. The, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't exist yet. They're just teaching and sharing what they experienced from Jesus. These people just had this amazing experience with the Holy Spirit, and they're learning about Jesus. They're gathered together learning about him. And it says there this word fellowship. They were gathered together in community. They weren't doing it isolated. They weren't having one-on-one -on -one meetings with Peter. They were gathered together. And they said, and they, said they were breaking of bread. They devoted to breaking of bread. Now, this could be scholars have, you know, have kind of wrestled with this space. It could be they were sh just sharing meals. Absolutely. But there's also a space to understand that most likely they were sharing the Lord's Supper, the communion. Yeah, absolutely, DeMont. They're in the space of centering on Jesus that just happened just a little over a month ago of remembering his death on the cross and the sins that were paid for by him and his resurrection. And they devoted to prayer this connection to God, the centering of God. This is their devotion. This is what they had in common. And today I want to kind of walk in this space. You ready to learn a new Greek word? We got ecclesia down. You're getting, a note. You're getting a second, y'all. You'll be able to speak it eventually. This word fellowship is very specific. It's, this is not a fellowship word of hanging out with my buddy, just doing something in common. It's this word koinonia. I hope I'm saying that right. But koinonia. Thank, I got the thumbs up from the, the Latin professor back there. I love it. It's koinonia. This word is very specific fellowship. It's a fellowship centered completely in the same faith of Jesus. A common faith. A common experience is solely based on following Jesus. This is the... This is the the fellowship, this is the thing that separates the other communities from this space. We see a devotion to a community of people that are humbling themselves to follow Jesus in discipleship, spending time together, using or growing together, learning together, humbling themselves together, even though they come from these many different spaces. And, and see, there's a beauty in this. It's not, they're not being erased where they come from. They're not becoming robots or programmed. They're being changed internally, and these differences are celebrated in this space with this common koinonia focus fellowship on Jesus and Jesus alone. 
learning from his life. And what they're doing, they're reflecting out in mission to others the kingdom of God. This great space where this church is changing all those around them. As we continue to read here in this space, this is, this is what comes from this devotion of this space that this koinonia was producing. They said they sold property and possessions to give to anyone that had need. They were addressing poverty. They were humbling themselves. They were taking the things that they probably worked hard for and collected, and they saw others instead of themselves. They were loving them, their neighbor as themselves, right? See that so many times in this community, stepping into places and giving radically, generosity. And every day they would continue to meet together in the temple courts, a dedication together, learning and growing together. How many of you are part of a discipleship band? Yeah, I love this. How many are part of a small group or, join, or joins the story? Yes. The space of Assuring that there's growth together, learning and praying and centering on Jesus. It says they broke bread together in their homes and ate together. Glad and sincere hearts. Who's joined the dinner club? Who's coming to Good Times Coffee? Yes. Yeah, yeah, do mind. Sure, buddy. That's beautiful, Demont. It's all Jesus, my friend. But I'll tell you, man, I'm glad I know you. Yeah. The whole thing is about Jesus. That is right. That's right. The whole Bible is about Jesus. That's right. I believe that too. Everything leads to him. That's so good, Demont. Thanks for sharing, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely. This place of breaking bread together, they gave space to know each other. This is not a program. I know I mentioned several options. They're not designed, it, 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 there's a trap sometimes churches get into of creating these programs and spaces where it feels inorganic, like, are you a part of this club? Are you a part of this? I hope, I really hope that those of you that are in those spaces, that you're there because God has transformed you and you need a place to share it with. And that's the idea. That's the idea of it. And this is what this early church was doing. And they were praising God, always keeping God at the center Enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Mm. They added favor. What was different? Koinonia. This fellowship specifically centered on Jesus. Doing what? Following his teachings. What is his teachings? About the kingdom of God. And they were being a reflection of that in mission. To others. What does that mean? What does that mean? Cole, yeah. Everyone puts their differences aside. Mm. That, that nothing else matters but, the, but the, what they're saying at that time because they don't care about any political views or anything. So good, Cole. Nothing matters but Jesus. Nothing matters but Jesus. That's right. Thanks, Cole. That's it. So good. Thanks, Cole. You're right. That is exactly right. Everything was centered on Jesus. But what they found favor, what stuck out to those around where God was able to add to the numbers? 
yeah, there was a, probably a, an attraction, a tension brought by the, the radical generosity that they were seeing, absolutely. They were seeing a people that were, you know, living in a, in a, under the rule of an empire, under the rule of politics and such, that they're finding hope and happiness together. Mm. They also saw many things that were different. Absolutely, they were attractive. But what they were seeing was something different inside of them. They were growing something different inside of them. And people were like, I want to know what that is. And it came from the, the power and transformation from the Holy Spirit on them, absolutely. But in the world where they experienced an empire, a rule over them, Rome was the, the ruling factor at the time. It was expected by Rome and all its provinces that you can, or at least, at least in Judea where they were, you can worship your God, that's cool, but you must acknowledge Caesar as God. You must acknowledge Rome as primary. And many of the religious leaders, known as Pharisees and Sadducees, different, different folks, would try to kind of navigate the system in that space. They would try to guide the people in their, in their beliefs in Yahweh and in, in their goals and that, but they also had to kind of always see Rome on their shoulder, trying to keep people in order, trying to keep their own power, uh, even led to the point of the reason why Jesus was taken and Jesus was killed. He gave himself up, but the reason why that was taken and the reason why he was navigating his ministry, knowing careful what he said, he knew that was going to push the people that were in survival mode in a way. They were, they were forced in this space of protecting themselves over others. That's right. He gave himself up right to Mont. He gave his life. Absolutely. Absolutely. For us. Absolutely. So good. Thank you. And that's the power of salvation. Mm, absolutely. Thank you, DeMont. That's so good, man. But they were in this space where they were navigating the empire, but yet they were following the kingdom. And the church, Ecclesia, this mission, discipleship mission and community, wasn't being the kingdom. They were following the kingdom. They were being this reflection of this, of this Jesus that they were centered on, this koinonia, this space where they were completely centered on Jesus, was this reflection out to others. So when the empire, for them said, you must honor Rome and serve Rome. The king of the kingdom saying, I have something better. And I'm about to change the world with it. And it's going to be through you. But their empire, in their time, they had its time. And we have, it make me call different things, but we live in an empire. We live in a space where societies, <laughs> yeah, societies, Politics, agendas, companies, corporations pushed their views and they pushed their space to where we were navigating. But then we're trans those of us who follow Jesus were transformed and find the kingdom. And many times when we live out the kingdom, it looks very different. So when the empire, when our empire says we must, our, the vision of success is, for your life, is the amount of money, prestige, notoriety that you have. The king of the kingdom says, I come as a servant. And I come to teach you to serve, to humble yourselves. 
and to be a witness to others in that space. When the empire, our empire says that we must honor the empire and that could be a different empire for others where it could be your, your political influence. When that comes first, that is the only hope. I'm not saying it's not a good function, that can be a good functioning system, but when that's the only hope that is presented that who is in the White House is our savior, is our only hope. The king of the kingdom says, yeah, I see the little guy. I'm navigating the margins. I'm taking my people to those spaces where the forgotten are seen. Where people are giving of their own place, of their own goods to others to help in their need. The things that our political leaders can't do. We can, we can walk down the street and we can see somebody in need, whether they just need a hug or need a sandwich yeah. or need a friend. We can provide that. And that's where the kingdom takes us. That's all right, DeMont. What you got, buddy? A lot of people miss God mm. on the benches. Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah. Are they searching for God, DeMont? We need, we need to help each other. We need to help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's community. That's community. Absolutely. Well, that's the beauty. We're... The empire says that our communities must look different. We must be divided. We must see others as the other. We must, if somebody does something wrong, we must cancel them. The king of the kingdom says, you know, I, I, this kind of idea about forgiveness, this kind of 72 times 70, the space of grace and forgiveness is available for all. It's not justification for evil, but it is a transformation. Anybody where you come from, no matter what you've done yesterday, what you did last week, what you're about to do, what's in your heart right now, the kingdom says you can be forgiven, that grace is for you. And as DeMont says, you can be saved from that space because of Jesus centered in him. This is the church. This is his kingdom. This is our reflection out to others. This is a place where we all welcome that's what separates it from the other communities. What we all have in common is Jesus and his kingdom where we can be seen, we can be heard, and we can be loved. That no matter where we sinned or what wrongs we have done to another, we're not excluded. We're welcome. You are welcome to this kingdom. You are welcome to this church. As the said, our friends on the benches are welcome in the church. Our families who vote differently than us are welcome into this church. People who love and think differently are welcome in the church. See, the difference is it's not a place, the church is a place we're saying like all the things that we think of and we accept in our societies and cultures is good, but it is a place where we all can wrestle with that centered in Jesus. I hope you heard that. that it, is, it is always a space where we can come in our differences and find our connection, koinonia, that community centered in Jesus and allow him to do the transformation within us. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. Just as that early church, just as the people would come 
from all different places, different ideas, different families, different economics can come together. So can we. And you are welcome into that space. We are welcome into that space. I do want to invite you to mention a few things that here at the church that as Love Chapel Hill, we try to, again, we try to just keep it out there. And I love that we, we even, you know, we have people dedicated to this space of assuring that these things, this, the church is functioning in this place of ecclesia. We have a discipleship pastor, Pastor Alice is amazing. She's thinking all the time, how can we get people not just in these places, but people changed and transformed by Jesus. We have, uh, Kimberly leads our love missions team. We have, we have groups that talk about how we can turn and serve our community together, the outside community as a community of the church together. We have many of you that volunteer and step into spaces that assure that this version of Ecclesia of the church is lived out. I love that. And I hope that always keeps in front of us. We are not infallible. Little, little secret, this perfect picture of the church, it took literally two chapters before it started to crack. And it just cracked because humans were involved. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Jesus was still there and still that forgiveness and that space. And I just want you to know this is not ever going to be perfect, but it, and it embrace the mess. This is where the church is. Embrace the mess. It's where all the things come in together, but we have in common is Jesus. We have in common, we're coming from places that we're humble, that we need him, that we're broken. We need him, that we need to know about him. We need him. This is what we have in common. This is the church. This is what you're welcome to. Hey, it was perfect before I came here. Mm, it was perfect before you came here. is perfect with you here too, buddy. <laughs> Love it, my friend. You are welcome. You are welcome. Absolutely. Well, just as our friends in the early church broke bread together, they did this in remembrance of what Jesus did this is the thing that we're all welcome to. No matter what you've done, no matter what's in your heart, even in this moment, you can remember what the Lord has done. Come on, let me, let me finish this part, buddy. Can I say sure, sure. No, I just want to talk to the whole community. Like, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So every time I eat, That's so good. Absolutely. There's a part of that. Centering on Jesus. He has provided for us. He has given us all we have. So I'd love to invite our servers to come up for celebrate the Lord's Supper today. But there's a space where they break bread together. We get to do this today as well. Center on what this represents. His body broken for us. Our sins taken upon him and being that perfect sacrifice and forgiving us. And then this space where his blood was shed and we remember through the cup. We celebrate and love Jesus today and honor him in this space. I want to invite you today, no matter where you are, what you're wrestling with, whether you're just thinking about Jesus for the first time, if you're here just kind of investigating that, you are welcome as well. We're going to come down. You come down this side here. My right, your left. Kaya and Chris are going to serve you the bread and the cup. You'll take a piece of the bread. You'll dip it in the cup. And you can come around to your seat. And have a moment and say, 
Just remember Jesus. Have a moment of place to center yourself on him in that space. Then we're going to sing. Thank you so much.